0: Hello and welcome to the program. Today on Wellbeing, we turn to see what's available for those who need help, either as carers or as one needing care. Where can we turn if we need the help in a hurry? For example, if there's an emergency in the family or if a carer needs a break. Talking to me today is Mr John Bailey. He's the CEO of NovaCare, a Newcastle-based service. John, thank you for coming in and it's lovely to have you here. Pleasure. Before we get onto the service, how long have you been involved?
1: I've been uh, with Novacare for uh, just on three years. Uh, Novacare itself has been in existence for about 16 years. It's grown and developed and continues to do so.
0: So what were you doing be- before you came to Novacare?
1: I have a bit of a chequered uh, career. <laughs> I originally trained as a nurse and then uh, worked in th- the administration of private hospitals. Uh, then went back to the public system, then worked in disability and aged care for a period with the government, and then moved in to work at NovaCare.
0: I guess you've had, as you say, a chequered career, but it all sounds as if it's been in the one direction.
1: Pretty much so, yeah. Um, in the caring field, be it in nursing or in the disability sector, yeah, one one direction, I guess.
0: How many people do you have working for your organisation?
1: We've got about a hundred staff. We've got uh, probably about 15 full-time employees. The balance are made up of permanent part-time employees and a significant number of casuals. Uh, our, Our workforce is predominantly female and we find that the casual uh, employment arrangements really suit their home needs and and their domestic Mm. circumstances.
0: So where do you find these staff? Do you advertise for them or do they come into you and say look I'm available?
1: Iris, we're in a lucky position in that uh, most of our staff are referred uh, by other people. Um, We only advertise actually for uh, the high level positions within our organisation or positions where we need some specialist skills, so uh, nursing, for example.
0: Do you find it hard to get staff?
1: No. Novocay is lucky in that we have a good reputation, we believe, and we uh, have a waiting list of uh, people seeking employment at the moment.
0: Which I guess must be encouraging in this day and age, where uh, staffing can be a bit difficult.
1: Absolutely. Um, staffing and uh, recruiting appropriate staff is a challenge for any business. Mm. Um, and particularly in the uh, health and aged care sector where in recent years there have been shortages of staff and there continue to be shortages. Uh, as I say, we're lucky in that we, we don't ha- face that challenge at the moment.
0: Apart from, I guess, the high-range nursing, what sort of duties are included with your staff?
1: Our staff perform a range of duties from um, basic cleaning and uh, home help Uh, through to uh, low-level care, personal care, which um, is designed to assist the person remain at home rather than going to residential Mm. care.
0: And I guess that's the aim of of most health communities generally now throughout the country is to keep people at home.
1: It is. Um, The philosophy on ageing changed a number of years ago and uh, there's been a significant emphasis on um, keeping people in their own home for as long as possible. And services have developed and adapted towards that end. So uh, whether it's low-level stuff like shopping and, Mm. and home cleaning, Uh, through to what would traditionally be offered in a uh, a nursing home at a low level. Organisations such as ours um, have a a variety of packages and funding sources to be able to do that. And obviously we are looking to adapt our services as the needs of the community change. Um, There's a huge demand at the moment for socialisation, Elderly and the frail age in particular uh, tend to become isolated. Mm. They tend uh, not to interact even with their neighbours and that puts them at risk. And we unfortunately in recent years have seen all too many uh, deaths and they've not been discovered for some Mm. time. Organisations and services like ours are designed to engage those people and to provide them with a level of contact.
0: So you mentioned just now about taking them shopping for those that are mobile enough. Is this on a, a weekly basis that you're able mm. to provide that or is it one-off?
1: No, we, we provide it on a regular basis. We aim to meet what would be a normal pattern for that individual. Now that, by and large, tends to be fortnightly. So every second week we'll arrange to take someone shopping to allow them to you know, get out in the community but also to engage with other people, so pay their bills, mm. um, maybe get their hair done, all sorts of activities. The, the the normal activities that a person would undertake, were they able to, our role is to facilitate that and help that happen in in a supported way.
0: So, if someone wanted to go shopping, would they be taken in the carer's car or in? If they owned a car in their car or by bus? No, or you... we,
1: we use our own uh, – the staff use their own vehicles. Um, we do that for a number of reasons, you know, obviously insurance, etc. Mm. and also our staff are familiar with their own vehicles. Mm. Um, so we do that. Occasionally we get a request for um, someone to use public transport um, where that's available, and, and we will do that. Mm. So our carer will go along with the person uh, on public transport that often is from a younger person with a disability who's trying to maintain their level of independence and our role is to encourage that. Um, One of the things we need to be really careful of is disempowering people. Mm. Uh, Our role is not to take away uh, from their ability to engage with the community rather to augment it and help that occur.
0: So you mentioned there about young disabled so you're Caring age is not just the age, as in many years, but also anyone with a disability.
1: Our, our funding um, basically dictates who we can service, and mm. predominantly in the home and community care um, package, uh, home and community care service area, those are younger people with a disability and the frail aged, and, and, and those um, people are across the age spectrum, as you can imagine. Mm. Our packaged care, which is the enhanced aged care at home, enhanced aged care at home dementia, and our community aged care packages, which are all common, those three are all Commonwealth funded, they're targeted at the elderly. So they are very specific mm. um, age criteria around that. Irrespective of the the package or the type of service, as I said, the idea is to facilitate not to do. Mm. We don't want to take away from an individual their current level of independence. What we want to do is encourage and support that.
0: Now, if you have someone who needs to go for a medical appointment, yeah. would that carer be available to go in with them while they talk to the doctor? Because often they need someone to pick up what they miss. Would that be part of a carer's duty? Would they be asked to do that?
1: Wherever possible, we, we encourage the family to remain Mm. engaged. Where that's not possible, often we're just um, providing supported transport or we may in fact assist the person in the actual appointment process. But as I say, we try to engage the family or Mm. a significant other. Our staff are not the person's primary um, next of kin. Therefore, we've got a role to support them but not actually to to do it for them.
0: Let's suppose someone's been in hospital and was sent home to recuperate and there isn't anyone to look after them at that particular time. Would you have someone who can sort of be there, not quite full-time, but for a longer time, for a few days, to get them going?
1: Absolutely. Uh, We can tailor a service to suit the individual circumstances. I'd just like to pull you up a little bit. We'd actually like the hospitals to contact us, before they discharge. Oh, okay. So we can actually plan it. What we'd like to do is be proactive and work with a general practitioner Mm. a hospital or whatever the facility is so that we can actually get in on the front foot, plan the service, have it organised. That puts the client's mind at ease, the family's mind at ease, and it also allows us to arrange any equipment or special um, stuff that they might need at home. So, you know planning is everything the better you plan the better the service goes the better it's accepted
0: john bailey is my guest today and we're looking at some of the in-home services that we can call on either in the short term or indeed the longer term john it seems a long step from helping someone with their shopping to respite care you must have a, a wide range of people available on your staff to be able to cope for that
1: so we've got a, a range of people. Some of our staff have no uh, formal training but uh, have experience, uh, right through to people who are specialist trained either in nursing or have a Certificate 3 or 4 in aged care. The respite service that we offer is twofold in nature. The first one is Centre-Based Respite and we have a facility in Hamilton here in Newcastle. That's a cottage environment. Uh, where people are able to come and stay for uh, short, medium or longer term. Um, and that either, can either be a funded service or people can privately engage us to do that. Typical scenario might be someone whose family want to go to a wedding. The wedding may be interstate or, mm. or away from the local area. Mm. Uh, they're the primary carer for their elderly parents and the parent doesn't want to travel. We're able to offer respite to allow that to occur. But it can be as simple as giving a carer a break. There's a lot of research, both national and international, that talks about carer stress and the ability of carers to continue providing care whilst they're under stress. Short, frequent respite assists that person recover. It assists them in being able to maintain the, the caring role for a much longer period of time. Yeah. The second uh, model of of respite that we can offer is in the person's own home. So it really depends on the individual circumstances and the carer and the client's wishes as to the model that we we would engage. What we like to do is, again, to sit down with the person and their carer and plan that service. Um, put in place, uh, for example, if they're coming into our respite centre. We recently had a couple of fellows who came in who enjoyed going over to Stockton, buying some fish and chips at lunchtime and sitting on the park benches over there watching the ships come in and out. Those are the sorts of activities that we can actually plan while respite is occurring. It makes the respite enjoyable for the client. Um, It gives the carer peace of mind. And what it means is that the client's more likely to uh, agree to return in the future, and that way uh, it's less of an issue if Mm. it's confronting the carer.
0: You've got the centre where you've got people coming in for respite, which means they stay 24 hours a day for a short time. Or longer. What about social times? Do you gather people up and bring them in so that they can actually sit and talk or, yep. or play a game of cards or, or something similar?
1: We have a service operated out of uh, our uh, day centre in, in Merriweather. We, we like to call it a seniors club. Uh, and our seniors club operates out of uh, a building in Llewellyn Street in, in Merriweather. The, the service there is a daily service, so Monday to Friday. Uh, we are able to collect our clients in, in our bus uh, mm. uh, or b- buses We can either bring them to the centre and provide centre-based activities. But more and more what we're finding is that people want to engage in activities with people with a similar interest. So what we're currently developing are a range of um, activities such as a book club, where they might go to a local uh, bookstore, one of the larger ones where there's a coffee facility, sit down, gather books, have a chat about different books they've read and perhaps purchase one. We've also in the process of putting together a movie club, so something that something a bit different, yep, that you hear a bit about. different and yes. you know, elderly people uh, enjoy the movies as much as mm. I do, and mm. um, there's no reason why they should be isolated from that activity. So what we're doing is trying to put together a group of individuals who um, can come along to the movies. That activity is facilitated, so there's a staff member there, so they haven't got fears about their safety. How do I get there? Mm. Where do I park? Mm. You know, am All I going to get great. you know abused or whatever? So there's there's that supported. Uh, we've also got a, a walking group that have commenced, and uh, you know, around Newcastle, as you're aware, there are a lot of beautiful uh, mm. walking paths, particularly right. along the foreshore and Honeysuckle. Uh, what we do is we actually um, check those walking paths out, make sure they're safe, make sure that there's shade if it's a hot sunny day, mm. make sure that people have water, suitable footwear, and we facilitate the walking group. So the traditional day centre where we sat and played cards and dominoes mm. can exist and does exist for those who want to do that. But what we're finding and what we're as an organisation responding to is the pressure or the demand, if you like, from our clients to do different things. Uh, we have a men's club uh, which uh, occurs on a Tuesday at the moment. And Iris, I have to say it's our busiest day. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely huge. And, and um, you know, men... Older men are particularly at risk of social isolation, depression and all of the issues that go with that. Our men's club has been so successful that we're looking to repeat it. We're in the process of uh, looking at establishing some gardens, vegetable gardens, mm-hmm. which are wheelchair friendly and uh, disabled friendly at our facility in Hamilton. The idea, again, is to get a group of people who have a common interest together on a facilitated basis and allow them actively engage with other people rather than a, a fairly passive approach of sitting at home
0: let's take up the gardening one the carer if you like who looks after this hmm. would they need to be gardening savvy or would you rely no, no, on the men no. or the people themselves
1: it, it's amazing <laughs> when you get a group of uh, older individuals together, the level of wisdom that uh, percolates Mm. to the surface. Um, You can pick any subject and talk to a group of older Australians and there's an expert amongst Mm. them. And um, we rely on the collective wisdom of the group. We just provide the uh, opportunity. We don't have a gardening expert. What we do is basically bring the group together and and allow them to develop and develop their own dynamic. Yeah. And it's, 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 again, about providing opportunities for socialisation, not doing for people.
0: In amongst all of this, you've got a waiting list?
1: We don't actually have a waiting list um, for anything other than our packaged care. Um, our seniors club, um, we have capacity for uh, additional people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, capacity for respite. Another service that we offer that has capacity at the moment is what's called our extended hours service. The idea of the extended hours service is if you're a working carer, so you hold down a job and you're caring for your mother or your father and you still need to hold down the job. Now, you might start early in the morning, 7 o'clock. Um, and then you may not finish or you may not finish till, say, 6, typical working day. It's possible for us to provide a service right throughout that day to allow you to continue to work. And that service is Commonwealth Government funded. Uh, It's a way that you can um, ensure that your parent is being cared for and that they're having Mm. some quality uh, time and, and, and you can... Remain in the workforce and that's, that's an important service that is undersubscribed at the moment. So working carers, happy to hear from them.
0: I guess in amongst all that, I hear that the not only does the carer remain financial, but they also have a social outlet for being among people.
1: Absolutely, yeah. One, one of the things that can occur is that uh, if you're caring full time for someone, um, not only uh, do you you know risk burnout from the physical demands Mm. of that uh, sort of activity but also you can become very socially isolated yourself and um, our services are designed to as much allow the carer to maintain their their activity or their um, engagement with the community as as for the client to be cared for that may even be a simple thing like for a woman who may be caring for her mother or father or her husband's mother or father just to go and get her hair done yeah you know the the simple things are often the things that people really miss when you sit down and talk to them you know it's they don't want to go on a long trip or they may they might but but, in general but in general it's the day to day stuff like going to get their hair done having time to go and shop for a dress or 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 an outfit or even just go and have a coffee and wander the shops Mm. you know things that non carers can do at whim. whenever. Whenever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols and I'm talking with the CEO of Novacare, Mr. John Bailey. John, I realise that we have only touched very briefly on some of your services. Perhaps we should also mention that as well as looking after people, and you did mention it earlier, that you have an equipment hire service. Mm. I know very often you get people who perhaps have a hip replacement or or something similar Mm. where they need short-term equipment if somebody wanted that care would they just get in touch with you and say can you help out
1: there are a couple of ways we can help out firstly we have a very small pool of equipment and that tends to be used fairly quickly but what's probably more important is we can refer them to other agencies that we know of who have much larger pools, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, and, and sometimes private providers. And if it's appropriate, we'll give them the details of that and encourage them to make contact with those. What we can do, though, in addition to the equipment, is provide the support services, even if it is for a short term, for someone who may have had a hip replacement. They may need assistance with their washing, their ironing, perhaps cleaning the bathroom, you know, I find it difficult to clean the bath and i 'm reasonably fit and healthy and if if you 're an older person, yeah. um, that can be a real uh, struggle for you or, or you know other yeah. activities carrying a basket of, of wet washing out' is not easy either. so those sort of activities we can provide in, for the short term and then allow the person to recuperate fully without doing any further damage.
0: The one that flashed through my mind as you were talking that particularly with the hip replacement thing those Mm. lovely long white stockings which are (laughs) terrible things to get on (laughs) and you can't possibly do it on your own so could that be part of that immediate service it can be
1: Um, we can also as as i said uh, make sure that the person's in contact uh, with a supplier of an aid that will assist mm. with putting those on, they are difficult, uh, but there are ways around it. And and sometimes it's not even a piece of equipment; it's actually technique. Mm. Um, so there there are um, opportunities there that we can ha- assist the person.
0: Now, having listened to the program, how can local people find you?
1: Okay, we there are a couple of ways they can contact us either directly, uh, which is on one 654, uh, we have a website which is www.novacare.org.au, or um, through the community access point, or through the Commonwealth Care Link. Now, mm. Commonwealth Care Link is a is a national organisation. So, mm. listeners who have um, parents living in another part of the the state or the country uh, can contact the Commonwealth Care Link and they will provide the details of of a local provider, Mm. perhaps in another part of the state or country. But locally, we're happy to take calls.
0: John, how do people come to you? Are they referred by the family doctor or the hospital, or can Mm. people do it themselves simply because they know about you?
1: Any and all. Any and all of those. (laughs) Um, We we get a lot of self-referral. We get a lot of referrals from neighbours, who, right. who are concerned mm. about a person living, you know, next door or mm. nearby. Um, general practitioners, uh, we, we get referrals from. We get referrals from the aged care assessment team, uh, private hospitals, um, or a whole range of individuals. Um, we have concerned members of the public contact us and, and just let us know and we can facilitate access to services without impinging on the person's privacy. Mm. So it's really, you know, if the person wants us to support them and we're able to do that within the guidelines that are around it, then Mm. we're happy to do that. Um, But, yeah, anyone can refer and there are any methods of, any number of methods of referring.
0: Let's come to the important one, costing. Mm. How do you go about costing?
1: Okay. Um, Costing for the home and community care services, uh, there is a prescribed co-contribution of $10 per hour, and mm. that's um, pretty much uh, adopted across the state. Um, for our packaged care, which are the Commonwealth-funded programs, the Commonwealth a fee, now I won't quote the fee at the moment because mm. it changes uh, as um, things like pension rates and, and so on change. Mm. So there is a fee attached to those. And when people make contact with us about a service, we'll explain the fee structure to them. As I said earlier, though, we also have a private service where we are able to provide um, services to individuals where they're not eligible for funded uh, programs, and mm-hmm. we will uh, negotiate and work out a fee with them. And we have quite a number of people who need to and are prepared to pay for the service, uh, even though they may not be eligible uh, under one of the funding programs. Okay. And again, we'll sit down with the person and, and walk that through and you know, do a service agreement. Mm-hmm. So they know exactly what they're getting, how they're, what they're paying for, when it will be delivered, what the standard will be, and so on. So there's a, a fairly comprehensive process around both the fee structure and the delivery of the service.
0: John, it was sort of going through my, my mind as you were talking earlier, and it's sort of doubling back on what you were saying. But let's take up this shopping hmm. as an example. A lot of people who are retirees will get in touch with, with groups and say, look, I'll take five or six people out in the bus and we'll Mm. go shopping, look after them. Do you avail yourself of those retirees or do they have to actually be employees of of the organisation? No,
1: we have a fairly strong desire to use uh, volunteers and early retirees are a classic example of that, though it's not limited to that. People who are unemployed, who have an obligation under their welfare payments, Mm. are also people that we can... Um, assist in uh, meeting their obligations and doing something, giving back something to the community as well. So we we use a volunteer um, program and we we use that across a range of services. There are some caveats, though, to that, Iris, and Mm. those caveats are that the person must undergo a criminal record check just the same as a staff member. Because one of the uh, paramount things for us is the safety and security of our clients and and so on. So anyone who is either a volunteer or a paid member of staff must undergo a criminal record check. Mm. That's mandatory in, in this country. Having done that, we would then talk to the volunteer about what specific area of the services that we offer or the types of things that we do that they might want to um, assist with. Mm. And then we have a volunteer induction process and we have a manual. So it's, we almost treat them like a paid employee in the sense of the obligations that we have towards them, but they can uh, you know, volunteer as little or as much time as they desire uh, and in specific areas. Within our seniors club, we have a couple of volunteers who have special interests and they volunteer only on those days.
0: So what I'm hearing is that anyone who's interested and would like to be involved, they just basically just... Pick up the phone and, and ring you and go for it. Absolutely.
1: Um, pick up the phone, give us a call, we'll get in touch mm. with you and we'll put you through the process. Make sure that's exactly what you want to do. Some people have an idea that they want to mm. do it and then when it's explained to them, you know, what, what's available, well, yeah, it's, it's not quite what yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. But we will go through that process and hopefully... Um, they might find it, you know, it's, yeah, it's something mm. worthwhile. And,
0: and that often works both ways as well. It also gives them a social contact.
1: Absolutely, yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, you can't underestimate or underemphasise the uh, value of that social contact, particularly mm. uh, for recently retired people who, who may not have a full week the way they had when mm. they were working and want to fill the gaps. We can certainly use their services.
0: John, is there anything we've missed?
1: I'm sure there's lots, but (laughs) (laughs) but I I think we'll leave it at that.
0: My guest today has been Mr. John Bailey. He's the CEO of NovaCare in Home Services in Newcastle. John, thank you for coming in, sharing the program with me. And as always, my thanks go to the listeners from everybody here. We wish you well.